You started talking about some very important things last week that I want to go deeper into right now. And a lot okay. of it has to do with what I think of as self-discovery, true self-discovery. When mm -hmm. you can say about yourself, like you did last week, that I don't want to live someplace with sirens going by and or honking horns. I want to enjoy the silence. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people would love that, but never have thought about the fact that part of the reason they're so stressed out is the fact that they hear sirens and they hear traffic and they can't hear birds. And there's never mm -hmm. a time where you just sit on a deck with a cup of coffee and listen to the wind in the spruce trees. That is my definition of perfect peace. I know that about myself, but a lot of people haven't done that kind of self-knowledge, self-discovery to know that. You mm -hmm. obviously did quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. Can you talk us into that? I mean, you, you mentioned the fact oh, that yeah. you've been in business right. and for a long time, mm -hmm. but you've migrated out of what I think is probably where you started. Yeah. It did. Well, you talk know, about that. So Give us a little bit of detail about that. Sure. I have a long history of being very spiritual, even as a young person. And so from, I'd say about 12 years old, my quest for spirituality and learning those things were, you know, at my cross. So I want, I, the first thing about me is that from the time I'm about 12, really, I would say 14 years old. I've read nonfiction books only. I think the only fiction books I've ever read were Harry Potter series. And I think that's nonfiction put into a fiction story, which I really like. And I've always done self-development from 14, one book a week. And, you know, I started with Wayne Dyer's Your Erroneous Owns way back when. And then I read voraciously all my life. And inside that reading, there was a lot of things that helped me have introspection in my teen years. And from that introspection, there was a way that they taught me how to introspect, which isn't really taught in schools or things. So, of course, I did some advanced studies. I have done a lot of Buddhism and Shambhala training. And I did Landmark back when it was asked and I was in high school I've done, you know, all the Anthony Robbins things as well. But then I went even a little deeper and I've been trained by five different shamans in five different disciplines, if you will. And then also I have a degree from the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. So my whole background is and my two loves are business and spirituality, because the reason business is so important in the self-development field is that anytime you start something, a new idea or something, the thing that has been blocking you your whole life is the first thing that comes up. So you actually get a good mirror in your face of the thing that's actually blocking you as to why you haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve, do what you wanted to do. And you can either confront it or what I like, Lisa Nichols says, carefrontationally, carefrontationally, look at it and pull it apart and have a different experience. One of the most important things that I learned in the shaman traditions is they have these things about bending reality and or what I call shaping reality, but they also have something called shape-shifting, 
And that shape-shifting is the ability to shift. In the back folklore, it's about shifting into an animal. But the truth is, it's about being able to shift your reality from one reality that you're in to the reality that you want to have. And I always love to use Arnold Schwarzenegger because everybody knows him. He's a big A-list actor. And with Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was able to shift his reality and his career life several times. So born in Austria, wanted to become an American. He came over to America. He had his gyms. And from his gym, he decided, well, I'm going to become an author. And he became a best-selling author. And then he decided, well, now I'm going to become an A-list movie star. I want to do movies. So we went from being a gym rat to now an A-list or movie star. And then he was like, well, you know, I've done what I wanted in this career, so now I'm going to transform into politics. And so then he went into politics, obviously, from another country, but still the governor of California. And what ends up happening when you have the ability to shift, it's like if you want outer world success, then you need to start with your inner world first. And I just happened to be in the inner world first and learn to create the outer world from my inner world. That's how I got that lucky. That's fascinating to me because one of the things that I always try to impress upon people about building a personal brand is the stuff I'm interested in is the pivot point, the truth that you will not vary from. Now, what I mean by that is exactly what you just described, which was if you described Arnold Schwarzenegger as an actor, you'd be partially right. If you Mm -hmm. described him as a gym owner, you'd be partially right. He, mm-hmm. But you're not getting the whole thing. That's not his his true self. The point on which he pivots is looking, and I don't know, I haven't read his biographies and stuff like that, just based on my observation of him as a human being, he has a discipline that is core to who he is, whether he's a yeah. writer, gym owner, weightlifter, A-list star, politician, mm-hmm. discipline. And again, yeah. I think of, again, it's kind of funny. We're talking about an Austrian named Schwarzenegger. Immediately, a Samoan American comes to my mind, too. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, of course. You know, Absolutely. Same, I mean, how remote is American Samoa from yeah. the white hot center of where yeah, things are happening? you're right. And yet this guy, just like Schwarzenegger, and again, it's not about WWE or whatever they're calling it this week. It's not about wrestling. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about the core of who he is. The dude gets up at 4 a.m. every single day and works out for two hours before he does anything else. And so it's this core of discipline and determination. These are the things that define both of these gentlemen's personal brands. And consequently, they don't vary from that pivot point, but they do pivot. That's the thing. Yeah. When you're They're able to manifest the vision they have. And that's the thing. I want to dive a little deeper down the rabbit hole of this because I think it's so important. One of the things that we have is we have the ability. It's like we've let some of our inner abilities atrophy. So the ability to, to discern, the ability to have inner peace, or the ability to listen inwardly and and follow that and surrender to it. It's like once you tap into the thing that you actually want to do, 
then the mind screen or what you would call the imagination or visualizing it here is a way for us to get a, the big picture of what we want. And we have so many distractions outwardly that tell us, well, write your goals down. We'll write this. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do this. And you're following a set of principles instead of following your own inner principles. And the thing is, you can't shift something else with somebody else's rules. You've got to go in and get your rules for shifting. And that's a personal journey. That's the hero's journey. So the first time you have a dream, which I imagine for whether it was Wayne The Rock Johnson or Arnold Schwarzenegger, there must have been a time when they were little boys dreaming of going to America, dreaming over and decades of dreaming. I mean, there's nobody who's great in this world who didn't just picture it over and over again. You know, if you take a look at any NBA star, yes, did they put in the hours doing layups and practicing and they're just doing all these things over and over again? Yes, Eddie Van Halen on the piano over and over and over again before he played the drums, actually, before he picked up the guitar. But there is that willingness to put in the effort. The discipline comes from the passion you have about doing something. If you are doing somebody else's bidding, if you are doing somebody else's theory, if you're doing somebody else's thing, you cannot feel discipline. You only feel like you're being pushed or tortured or traumatized by it. Passion comes from you implementing something that you're passionate about. Then discipline becomes something that is not painful, but promising. It's the promise that's going to bring you the desired result you want. And that mindset shift is what helps you manifest the thing you want. It's like these athletes, they manifest with joy, not with arduousness. It's joy for them to continue what they're doing. Yeah, I know it is well, for me too. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. It is so funny you bring up Eddie Van Halen because I love him. Oh, and I see the guitars. Well, and I'll be honest with you, I love him as a player. That style of music, eh, maybe not my ultimate cup of tea, but that doesn't matter because as a player, even a really poor player like me, you can't help but respect mm -hmm. the technical virtuosity of the guy. Now, a lot Absolutely. of people, a lot of people would say Eddie Van Halen, if you were just to describe his personal brand, it centered around guitar, rock music, long hair, all that stuff. And I would say, no, 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 no. Those are tools. Those are trappings. That's Those... how we got out. That's right. That's the outward show of the inward person. If you know enough about Eddie Van Halen, you know one of the, the key words that describe him is invention. He invented mm -hmm. 
his guitar sound. He invented right. his guitar in terms of he the way it was laid out. The entire he, sound. He invented entire new ways of playing. Even uh, there's a thing called wax potting pickups. He was the first guy to do that on a regular basis for his guitar. And he was an inventor. Why? Because he had an idea that he didn't see anyplace else. He had to invent it. And that's why he's going to be in, you know, one of the top 10 guitarists of all time, because he's not a guitarist. He's an inventor. So that's where I, I say, don't define yourself by the tool you happen to use mm -hmm. to fulfill that which you are. Eddie Van Halen Beautiful. used the tool of guitar, as, he, as you say, before his brother Alex took over the drum set, he was a drummer. His dad was a musician. I think a classical yeah. musician as well. That's right. You know, and so he, music was, was in the family, but singer. But but to call Eddie Van Halen a musician is to uh, diminish what he actually was. He was an inventor, which is why uh, it doesn't matter what style of guitar you play. You look at him and go, "Yeah, that that guy's absolutely top shelf and always will be." And he was true to that inventor pivot point because he could pivot and play different styles of music and different style of guitar and all that stuff but he always was inventive and that's mm -hmm. the key a lot of people like to define themselves by the car they drive yeah i think it's so important what you're saying so i want to talk to the people that are in their 20s right now and for those of you in your 20s who are just embarking on finding out what you're passionate about you're going to have some run-ins. One of the run-ins you're going to have is the thing you think you want to do, the thing you think you like to do over and over again. When you start doing it as a profession, you may think, I do not like to do this. So one of the, well, I saw an interview with Wolfgang Van Halen, which is Eddie Van Halen's son, and he's got a new album out and he's doing really great work. But he didn't originally want to be a musician. He said originally he wanted to make video games until he started the actual process of making video games. And he was like, oh, gosh, I don't like to make video games. And so this is where you're going to run into. You're going to have somewhere between 20 and some people are lucky. They're like, I know I'm going to be a doctor and I'm 10 years old and you end up being a doctor. But for those of you who are out there going, I just want to make some money so I can live free. Your value isn't just, I want to make money to live free. Your value is living free. Now, that's a big, vast thing to live free. How do you want to live free? And whether that's bikepacking or sailing or having your sustainable farm or van life or whatever it is, when you venture out, you may say, this isn't the kind of freedom I, I wanted. You want to get clear. You'll get clearer and clearer and clearer. It doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you don't know what you want. It's like being at a smorgasbord in life and trying a teaspoon of some stuff. Some stuff you're going to be, oh, I love this. I'm going to eat some more of it. Some of it you're going to be like, yeah, I don't want to eat that. I don't even want to eat the second bite of it. And it's okay that you have your experience. Don't let anybody label you anything because you have your experiences and you have your choices. You do not have to follow the pack. You have to follow you. Well, and I think that advice applies to people well, uh, well advanced beyond the 20s, 30s, 40s even. 
because there are a lot of people who find themselves in a track and what happens when you're in a track, a track turns into a rut and that rut is impossible to get out of. And sometimes there are very good reasons for that because once you acquire kids and dogs and cars yep. and mortgages, yep. you yep. don't have the flexibility. But it's not, it's not unusual once you get past that life stage for people to suddenly re-blossom, you know, to yeah. re-thrive, if you will, as they discover new things. Like I talk about in my book, Nonfiction Brand, I tell the story of a high school friend of mine whose father was a, a pretty high-performance lawyer. And he was a high-performance lawyer until he turned about 50, 55, mm -hmm. and he retired. He spent the last act of his life playing clarinet in a touring Dixieland jazz band. Nice. Now, when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, this guy was a musician his entire life who had to make mm -hmm. his bank, so then mm -hmm. he was free to do what he wanted to. And the coolest thing, and this is what I learned from those 20-year-olds who are out there doing or questioning the standard lifestyle, they're doing what I hope to be doing in, as I age, but they're doing yeah. it while you still have energy to do all the fun stuff. And I can't help but applaud that because, to be honest, I kind of did that. I, in my nebulous 20s, I was an actor. I did on-camera stuff. I did uh, improvisational comedy. I, I did, you cool. name it, I did it. You know, if you'd pay me to be on stage to do anything, I would do it. Other than Magic Mike, I'm just saying. Never, <laughs> never quite went the full Chippendale route. But my point is, my parents were like, when are you going to get a job? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying all this stuff because I'll be honest. I went to get a master's degree in acting at the University of Southern California. And I didn't like the acting that you could get in Southern California. It was about who uh, you, yeah. you know, the, it's about, you put it this way, you have to be a titanium based narcissist to succeed there. And wow. that didn't, in spite of my ego, which a lot of people will point out is pretty healthy. <laughs> I wasn't that healthy. You know, yeah. I wasn't that strong. And I realized I love this part of it, but I hate this part. If both things have oh, to yeah. be together, I can't do that. So again, it took me a long time. I was 30 before I became an advertising copywriter. And that was because I, wow. I had done so much voiceover work that was poorly written. I said, I could do better than that. And so eventually I found a way to be able to do that. And now I've had a 30 year career because I tried all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be flexible with yourself. I know that as an entrepreneur, I have had a lot of businesses and I have started businesses that I thought I was going to enjoy and I didn't enjoy them. So I put them up for sale and then you start something again and you're going to find. So for instance, if somebody told me that I was going to have 40 books, I would have laughed and have been like, <laughs> I can't even spell. I don't know how to use the spell check in word. And, you know, I, I would have never guessed that that would become a passion. There was nothing inside. I love to read, love it. You may learn that you have a passion you don't even know about that may be hidden behind the mask of having effort or something seeming overwhelming. Like I remember the first time I sat down to write a book, it felt overwhelming to me. Now it's, you know, I'll have one out in 10 or 14 days if I need to. 
And so there's so many new opportunities right now for you to live and work and be in your happiness and not in your drudgery. I love baby boomers. I think they were great and they were hardworking parents and my grandparents and my grandparents before that and then grandparents before them. Right now, there are so many opportunities that we can look at if we are just willing to look at things a little bit differently and give yourself a break. There is going to be a point where you're going to work hard. Maybe you have a job and you finally just got your online business going and you're working this until this, you know, uh, takes off. Well, make sure it takes off. It's not part time or I'll do it in my spare time because nobody has spare time, right? So you want to get to the point where you are absolutely investing in you in ways where you are discerning because you're going to start out here with the hundred foot view and you're going to discern, well, I don't like these kinds of relationships. I like these kinds of relationships. I want this lifestyle. I like to eat this kind of food. I like to venture on these kinds of adventures. I want to live this way. And pretty soon your nutshell where who you are, what you're about and what you represent in the world is going to get very clear to you. But the way you do that is to experiment your way through that. You're going to have some, just like he did, he was like, well, I really like acting, but I don't like that kind of acting. And I don't want to be that kind of person to, to act. I, I'd rather do something else completely until you find another. If you're an artist in one way, trust me, hidden in you is an artist in another way. You're multidimensional in that way. That's so important to understand because he acts and evidently he plays guitar as well. So he's got some music in him too. Well, and that's the whole thing. When I, I talk about understand the difference between who you are and the tools you use. Mm -hmm. Be, and, and by the way, right. one of the things that I, I preach here ad nauseum is have three concepts. I call them your key three, the key words, the key, yes, three key phrases that. that help you focus. And again, yeah. I'm a writer, so writing should be one of my words, right? No, it shouldn't, because that's not all what I do. For example, the funny thing is I'm a writer who doesn't have a blog. Why? Yeah. I find blogging tedious. I don't like it. And yet I'll spend five times as much time putting out a podcast every week. Yeah. Why is that? Because, That's oh, I'm more of a performer of than I am a writer. Paul, I get paid to be a writer, but I'm really performing on paper. That's a different stage. Podcasting, it's a performance stage. You know, all these things. But even those words don't make my cut. My three mm -hmm. words, collaborative, creative, and provocative. I loved that. I have to work with other people because I've realized that I have to work with other people. And part of that collaboration is between the artist and the audience. An, mm -hmm. ar an artist, there are plenty Absolutely. of artists who don't care if an audience ever sees it. I'm sorry. I want my audience to see what I'm doing. So there's collaboration there. The creative part, that's me saying... You know what? Don't come to me for spreadsheets or click rates or <laughs> any of that stuff. Yeah, SEO. Really, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about SEO. I, I just don't. Well, I'm bad at it. Guess what? I don't have to be good at it. But other people are fantastic at it. I, however, am on the creative side of the fence. And then the third one is provocative. I always want to make people think. And I always want people to make me think, which is why I love, I love that. having Vicki Helm 
on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. And I hate to say it, but we're getting close to the end of this episode. And I do want our listeners to be able to follow you. Where can people follow and engage with you, Vicki? Well, they can go to VickiHelm.com, which is V-I-C-K-I-E, Helm, H-E-L-M.com. You can find me on Facebook under that same name. You can find my show, The Coffee Break Show with Vicki Helm. You can go to Google and just type The Coffee Break Show with Vicki Helm and it'll come up. I'm on every platform that you can think of, any Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple, any place you type me in, I'll pop up there as well. You can just type my name into Google and everything about everything, including all my Amazon books and my Facebook pages or wherever I am will pop up as well. And you can also find me at the Freedom Seekers Way and, you know, pop in there. That's some of the programs we do. Well, there you go. I mean, Vicki obviously has a lot of energy, a lot of spirit, and is a great person to connect with. So I really encourage you to check her out and check out her Coffee Break show for sure. Because uh, if for no other reason, listen to the episode that we did together, because I think fun. it's it's going to be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it and it was really, really fun to do. Again, I would love for you to like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast wherever you get it, because that, believe it or not, really does help people find it. And of course, I'm your host, D.P. Knuton, and she is... Vicki Helm. And I'll be seeing you, or talking at you, next week. Bye-bye.